Welcome to the Enlightened Practice Podcast, brought to you by the Luminello Electronic Medical Record folks. Here are your hosts, Dr. Ken Braslow and Dr. Carrie Kagan. Hi, Carrie. Welcome back. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. Today, we're going to talk about training pathways. And one of the questions that I think a lot of psychiatrists might have is understanding the pathways that psychologists go down. It's always been a little confusing to me when somebody talks about being in a postdoc program or they're doing um, an internship in psychology because in on the medical side, we have our own version of internships and uh, postdocs are a little confusing for us. And so I wanted to use this opportunity for us to pick your brain and understand uh, the pathway that most psychologists go down. And then I figure I can speak uh, to psychiatry training and what that pathway looks like so that therapists can understand uh, what we go through. So, yeah, yeah. So, happy to try to provide some clarity. Great. great. Okay. So, the first question that comes to my mind is what is the difference between a PsyD program and a PhD program? Yeah. It's a it's a great question, and I'll try to sum it up in really simple terms. Um, a PsyD program tends to be more focused on the clinical side of psychology, and um, a PhD program tends to be more focused on the research side of psychology. So usually people who choose to go into PsyD programs are really interested in um, the the clinical work. So working with clients, um, working with mental illness in, you know, in the here and now helping someone work through depression or anxiety, for example. Um, Usually people who go into PhD programs are more interested in studying um, the, you know, well, a number of different things, one of, and one of which could be studying uh, uh, the clinical side of things in psychology, um, understanding, um, which treatments work the best, for example, or risk factors for depression and stuff like that. Um, so that's the main difference between a PsyD and a PhD. Okay. Program. And if I were in college thinking about PsyD versus a PhD, would, would I also need to be thinking about a master's program? Or can I go right into either one of those from uh, getting a, a BA? You can go right in to either one of those, and uh, along the way, you will get your master's. Um, another path forward is you can go, if you're not sure if you want to commit to the full length of a PhD or a PsyD program, because they are quite lengthy, you can start with a master's program, and then um, that could potentially uh, transition into a PhD or a PsyD program, or then you could reapply for a PsyD or uh. PhD after that. Would you get credit for the hours and time you put into a master's program as part of your PsyD or PhD, or you have to start fresh? Um, It's a really good question. And I want to say that I actually think that you have to start fresh that you have, if you do get your master's first in like a separate program, and then you wanted to apply to a PhD program that you can't like, scoot ahead a couple years that you actually have to start fresh. So for some people that might be worth it if you're really not sure. Um, And for other people, like the path I chose myself, I just went right in 
got my master's after a year or two or three, I want to say, and then, mm-hmm. and then society. Yeah. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit more about some of the differences in general between PhD and PsyD programs, like how big they tend to be and how um, yeah. long they are. And um, yeah. is, is it easier or harder to do one or the other pathway? Yeah, actually, there's a lot of overlap. So both of them are um, uh, five years in the to get the doctorate and then an extra year of clinical work needed to become a license. So by the way, I should mention, when I'm thinking of PhD, I'm thinking of a PhD in clinical psychology, and that being the closest thing to um, uh, society, which is a focus in clinical psychology, there could be other kinds of PhDs in psychology, of course, as well. Um, but they're they're very similar in that they're si- they're five years to get the doctorate, and then an additional year to get more hours that you would need to eventually get licensed. Um, so about six years total. It could be longer for a PhD, also I guess for a PsyD, but oftentimes more so for a PhD, depending on your research and how that's going. Um, but, and actually they're similar to, especially again, a PhD in clinical psychology in that you have to get the same number of hours, um, th- hours meaning face-to-face clinical hours. Um, so PhDs are getting that exposure as well as PsyDs, um, but the emphasis is more on their research and the hours often, if, you know, again, because people who are getting PhDs are often more interested in the research, they're, you know, they're doing the clinical hours because that's part of the program, but they're actually more interested in their research project. And I would say vice versa for the societies that they're doing their mm-hmm. research because that's part of the, you know, the course, but um, they're more interested in the clinical side of things. But both are five to six years, possibly seven. Um, I would say in terms of availability, uh, PhD programs tend to be smaller so there are fewer spots for people. Some, you know, sometimes it's three or four in a class compared to a society program, which tends to be pretty significantly bigger than that. So like 20 to 30, sometimes oh, even okay. 40 in a, in a class. Um, and then cost is a huge factor to consider. If you get a PhD from um, an academic institution, for example, like University of California, Berkeley, they um, are, you get paid to to go to school. Um, That being said, there are PhD programs that you have to pay for. So that might be more from a professional program um, as opposed to a university-based program. Uh, So it's a program that's just specific for like, for example, a clinical psychology and PhD. Mm -hmm. Societies you always have to pay for. So there's no program, I don't think, in the country that pays you to get your society. So no doubt that a PhD is the more cost. It's, uh, yeah, you, it's cheaper in general. Um, So that's a huge difference. Okay. And in terms of like a dissertation or thesis, yeah. In a PsyD program, how much of a commitment is that or how much of the program does that take up? Uh, they're the same, actually. So for both of them, you have to um, defend a dissertation. And mm-hmm. um, I think for, again, I think what makes it, it could, 
on in the society world, it could be as much or as little as you want it to be. So if you're really not interested in research, you're really just kind of doing what you need to to get it done and defend your dissertation. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a PhD, their dissertation could go on to be the book they write, could go on to be the class they teach after their program. So it could be much more important just to their career. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So at what point in either program do you actually start seeing clients? Year one? Uh, The summer summer after year one is probably more accurate. So pretty early on um, in both programs, you start to do the clinical work um, and do that for about, um, for however long it takes to get the hours that you need before, in order to make you eligible to apply for internship. So that usually looks like about three years of, of clinical work part-time because, of course, you're part-time in school. And then you would have enough hours to be eligible to apply to internship. I see. So is, are you describing the practicum? Yeah. Yeah. So those are the practicum. And okay. then, and yeah. So then when are you applying for internship? So internship you are applying for usually around year uh, four to be in your internship for year five. So year five of grad school is the internship year. Mm. So you're not in school at all. Um, I believe you have to have proposed your dissertation in order to be eligible to um, apply for internship and have a certain number of hours. Um, and, um, that is the pre-doctoral internship, meaning you need to complete that internship in order to be eligible to graduate as well as have defended your dissertation, not just proposed it. Okay. So you get your degree once you've completed the internship. Yes. Yep. And dissertation. And the dissertation. And when do you get licensed? So then you can get licensed after you complete your postdoctoral hours, uh, which I believe are some, <laughs> might vary state by state in California. I think it's somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 hours postdoc. Um, and after you complete those hours, then you have to take a couple of exams in order to get licensed um, in your state. Okay. So would a PhD usually do a postdoc? A PhD would do a postdoc. Um, they don't have to get licensed if they're not wanting to practice. Okay. Um, most do a postdoc as a way of continuing, you know, their learning, for example. So they might do a postdoc in like a research clinic or at an a- academic institution. Um, and they would still accumulate hours, but they could choose to not um, uh, take the exams to get licensed. And I've known people who don't, who've done that when they're really certain they don't want to do the okay. um, clinical work. So you get your degree after internship and then you get licensed after postdoc. Yep, that's right. Okay. And then <laughs> what is, uh, tell me about being a psych assistant and what that looks like. A psych assistant is a type of 
postdoc. So um, you can do your postdoc an example for a hospital at a hospital, like in California, we have a hospital system called Kaiser. And that's an example of a place that one can do um, a postdoc, or you can do it as a psych assistant. And that is more in like the private sector. So for example, you could um, request to, you would have to get it approved through the board to um, work in someone's private practice, essentially. And that is what a psych assistant is. Um, and the board, you know, board approves the hours. Um, okay. And how yeah. long does the assistant ship last? And that is completely up to the person. So at, at least a year, usually, because it just takes that long to work the hours that you need. And it could be, you know, up to five years if you're seeing only three clients a week or something like that. And some people do take their time if they have to, for some reason. Um, so it's up to the person. <laughs> okay. And then once you're done yeah. with your postdoc, you're licensed and off you go. into yes, after you pass exams. Independent practice. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, no wonder I was confused. <laughs> It is confusing. I'm so confused. <laughs> okay. No, that was very, very helpful to, to understand. Okay. Um, so uh, did we leave anything out or is that? No, I was just wondering if that's similar to the, to, uh, the psychiatrist path or not. Uh, no, <laughs> but not terribly uh, dissimilar. So you can major in college in pretty much anything you want to, as long as you've uh, taken pre-med requirements. Um, then you go to med school. Med school is typically four years. And during the first couple of years, it's usually uh, classroom-based and you get um, classes on uh, psychiatry, just like you get classes on everything else. And usually in third year, maybe fourth year of med school, you'll do a clerkship, which is depending on the school, six weeks or a couple of months in all the various specialties. So I remember doing six weeks of cardiothoracic surgery right before I did six weeks of psychiatry. And mm -hmm. um, you, you get a full sampler of all the different fields in medicine. And as you're approaching the end of your third year of medical school, you're thinking really hard about where you want to go for residency so that in your fourth year of medical school, you're applying to residency programs. And on match day, which is in March, um, every um, med student in the country at the exact same second finds out where they're going for residency, uh, I would say maybe 95%. And then for 5% who, for whatever reason, don't match, it's called the scramble. Um, I think they find out a couple days before. And um, so hopefully everybody's matched into the field, at least that they want to go into, if not the specific program. Mm -hmm. So after graduation from med school, you have your degree, but you can't do anything. And then you go into residency and your first year of residency is called internship. Uh, it's also called your uh, PGY one, your postgraduate year one. And after your first year, 
of postgraduate work or internship or residency, then you're eligible in most states, um, certainly California, to apply for your license. So um, that's also in conjunction with passing some national exams that you take while you're in med school and then at the end of internship. So you pass your exams, you have your degree, you finish your first year of training, and now you are a licensed physician who still can't do anything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's not totally true. You can moonlight at that point, but you still have a few years of residency training and nobody's going to hire you without you having completed residency. So uh, right. psychiatry residency is four years and that includes that first year of internship. And after four years, if you're just going to do a, a general psychiatry or adult psychiatry, you uh, graduate from your psychiatry residency and you have your degree, your license, and you've graduated residency and now you can go out on your own. Okay. But most places will still want you to become board certified by the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology. So typically, at the uh, toward the very end of your training or at the very beginning after training, you're studying for boards yet again. Mm -hmm. And uh, back in the day, there used to be an oral exam. And I remember having three senior psychiatrists stare at me while I interviewed uh, a patient um, at some wow. hospital um, in some neutral city uh, that I had flown into. And so that was a little uh, pressure. Um, yeah. So, so then once you're board certified, now finally you're uh, worthy of being hired. And so places will hire you without being board certified, but typically they want to know that you're working toward getting your boards. So um, I like to joke that um, I was finally ready to work when after I had finished 25th grade. Um, and that's <laughs> also because I did a, a fellowship in child psychiatry. So um, that's an extra two years with the caveat that because there are so few of us, they actually allow you to end your adult training in your third year as if your entire fourth year of adult was just going to be in child, but you right. end in your third and then you go two years of child psychiatry and the oh. first year of child psychiatry training, I felt like it was the first year of medical school all over again. I realized I didn't know anything about working with kids and families. Right. And so that was uh, a steep learning curve. So then wow. passed my adult boards um, while I was doing child fellowship. And then after my child, fellowship, then I had to go take my child boards and have three senior child psychiatrists stare at me while I interviewed a 15 year old. So wow. that was, that was the path. Yes. And I now can officially <laughs> never complain about six years. <laughs> no, we can, we can commiserate. Uh, and now every 10 years you have to get recertified by the um, ABPN, including uh, doing continuing medical education and um, performance in practice and um, other um, standards that they hold you to. So 
it never ends essentially, no. but that's, um, that's the deal. Um, but I would encourage anyone who is, yeah. <laughs> uh, is, is interested to do it. It's just, it just takes a while. That's all. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, we could all, uh, we can all appreciate it as like patients, right? Like we're that, like you would want your provider to be really, ex- you know, educated and experienced and well-trained and all that kind of stuff. But of course, it's a lot. It's a lot to go through. And maybe they do that on purpose to really make sure that not only to help yes. you be prepared, but to really make sure that, um, you know, that you're up for the work. It's really true. And after all of that, I cannot remember once a patient asking me, so where'd you go to school <laughs> or yeah. anything like that? They just, they don't care. They just yeah. want to get going. <laughs> feeling exactly all right well thanks carrie i i learned a lot here my head's spinning a little bit uh uh, but uh i appreciate you educating me and i'm looking forward to chatting soon and um, yeah same thanks talk to you then take care talk to you soon Bye. bye if you like today's podcast and want to hear more follow us on apple podcasts google podcasts or spotify and if you have a question you'd like to be discussed on a future podcast Send it to enlightenedpractice at luminello.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.